Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder. And I am your host, Keith Weekly. As the world continues to be increasingly absurd, we here at This Week in Nerd News like to take time and question the reality around us and how the various wild headlines are indicative of various social commentaries throughout the world while letting us examine various manifestations of pop culture throughout the week. Which is to say, I have another round of Mad Libs of News Headlines. You ready, Keith? Uh, You know I'm ready, sir. Okay, so we've got five today. Um, Some of these are going to be like, guess which one is wrong, and some of these are going to be like, guess who said this thing. Alright, let's get it. Alright. This fan-four-stick actor did something decidedly not fan-four-stick when he tested positive for COVID after refusing the vaccine, and he also calls the production of the Godfather spinoff the offer to shut down as a result. I'm not nearly as plugged in as I thought I was, because there are a lot of things here that I feel like I should know about. Um, <laughs> when you say fan-four-stick, do you mean the horrible one that came out like five years ago? Of, of course I mean fan four stick. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I remember who else. I'm, you know what? So I doubt that Michael B. Jordan is going to be in a Godfather spinoff <laughs> for various reasons. I'm going to go ahead and say Miles Teller. That is correct. Miles Teller is starring in the Godfather spinoff, The Offer, and he also does not believe in the vaccine. So, you know, you know. Okay. One point for me, though. One point for you. Moving on. One of these things is false in this sentence. The Food and Drug Administration is currently investigating why the McFlurry machines are always broken at McDonald's, according to a report for TMZ. Okay, so I do know, I did see a headline about them, like someone, some authority figure looking into why McFlurry machines are always broken at McDonald's, because they always are, and I'm investing in this because I eat more McDonald's than I probably should. So I'm going to say the only thing that's probably different here, is it not the FDA? Is it like some other organization that should not be worried about this but they are actually no they they should be worried about this and you you are correct it's the federal trade commission that's investigating this not the food and drug administration so okay good when you said that my mind i went like it better not be the fbi i swear to god the fbi better not be investigating this they have more important things i mean wasn't the fbi who cracked down on like the last mcdonald's thing with the monopoly pieces was that a different u.s government agency it may have been but even there there was actually like illegal things happening so that makes more sense not like (laughs) the inconvenience of mcflurry's always being down I mean, if it is if it is part of a wider like scam or like racket, like it, this is why the Federal Trade Commission is doing this. Is they deal with trade and businesses and whatnot. So, yes, yes, indeed. Okay, that makes Anyways, sense. So cool, we got that one. Moving on, the Canadian animated series Kalu is getting free original CG animated specials in 2022. Okay, you just helped me avert a heart attack because when I saw Caillou, I thought that was the show Caillou about the very annoying bald child on PBS. No, that that, that is in. that is the show that I'm trying to. Oh no! Ah, I was hoping it was something different that had a similar name. No, no, ah, no, it's the, it's the bald child with the yellow shirt. Still going? Well, no, they're making they're making free animated specials according to one particular headline in 2022. But one of these things is wrong. Okay. I'm hoping it's not Caillou. That's the one thing that I hope is wrong. Otherwise, the world is broken. 
No, no, see, the, the problem with this is that it's actually five CPUs oh specials coming from Wild Brain. <sighs> like, I had a younger cousin who was like eight years younger than me who loved Caillou growing up, and I used to babysit him a lot, so we would watch more. I watched far more Caillou in my life than I should have. And we recently <laughs> had a family dinner because I had my new place, I moved and stuff, and I talked to him about these. He's like, I like Caillou. I'm like, you loved Caillou, which is part of why I hate it so strongly. So I'm going to send him this and just give him even more crap for it. Sticking with the animated uh, theming of today, true or false, Cartoon Network is expanding the programming with an Acme Night block that is going to headline an animated Urkel musical for Christmas, Variety reports. So is it going to try to figure out like what's wrong here? No, this is a, it, I mean, you can if you want, or is it just true? Um, or is, is it I'm false? Going to, it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to say it's true because the world is weird right now. Yeah, no, this is entirely something that's happening right now. Oh, no. I don't know why they're making an animated Urkel musical for Christmas for Cartoon Network, but that is a thing that is indeed happening. Uh, is Leo White coming back, or are they kind of recast Urkel? Yes, yes, he is. Okay, that's at least we have that. Is that is that something we want? You know, I mean, I don't want any of this, but it's not as bad as it could be. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, lastly, lastly. According to Funimation, Jujutsu Kaisen is coming to Fortnite. Um, you know, they put everything in Fortnite these days. Like, they even put Will Smith's character, Mike Lowry, from Bad Boys. So I'm going to say yes. No, so surprisingly, Jujutsu Kaisen is not coming to Fortnite. It's coming to the other Battle Royale, uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds Mobile. Huh, okay. I don't. I, I would don't, not have gotten that right. Why. No, no, I don't think anyone would have guessed that. Because, like, Fortnite definitely is the king of crossovers right now, so... If you say something's coming to Fortnite, there's just an in- instinctive like response to like say it's like okay sure, um, like, but yeah no, Jujutsu Kaisen is going to PUBG Mobile because PUBG wanted to. Attra- I don't I don't really know what's happening there either. Anyways, <laughs> that but concludes right. my my uh, five Mad Libs for the week. We have fulfilled the pack, and now we can move on. What do you got for Risky? So, um, first of all, I want to point out that I think I went three for four, three for and two there. So that's at least the victory ultimately overall. But um, moving on to our next segment for the day. So in today's tech segment, it looks like some of the negative side effects people experience from constant video conferencing on platforms like Zoom are going to linger on for a bit longer than expected. According to an article published by Wired UK, a survey of more than 7,000 people suggests the mental scars of the coronavirus will stay with us for some time. For many, the pandemic brought on opportunities to go virtual and still do our jobs with mostly similar, if not improved, efficiency, right? You could also cut down on time spent traveling from one meeting to another, and you could even have virtual ways to connect with other people when doing so in person was deemed unsafe for a variety of reasons. But staring at your own reflection on a computer screen for hours a day has had some pretty negative psychological effects for many people out here. In the same article, dermatologists pointed out have they've noticed an increase in uptick in cosmetic procedures for people who were noticing more things about their appearance that they didn't like, many that they likely wouldn't have even known about before this. In the same survey, it was found that, quote, 71% of the 7,000 people surveyed were anxious or stressed about returning to in-person activities, and that nearly 64% had sought mental health support. Three in 10 said they planned to invest in their appearance as a coping strategy to deal with returning to in-person events, with concerns about weight gain, skin discoloration, wrinkles, and acne particularly high on the list, end quote. With all that said, here at This Week in Nerd News, we try and be as universal as possible and let people know that we're dealing with a lot of the same things you all are out there, and 
I, for one, can say that I've even noticed some weird effects about just Zoom fatigue and Zoom um, dysmorphia, as they said in this actual article, the term they use, and other things that have happened when it comes to like my own appearance or just how I'm perceived or the wrong angle, which, you know, angles change absolutely everything about how you're viewed and stuff, and a lot of other things there. So, like, I just wanted to take this opportunity for us to talk about how we've been dealing with just the different mental fatigues that come with like constant video conferencing in the world that we now live in in ways that we may have come to deal with that like personally i found that when i'm on certain zoom calls like i just don't i just turn off the cell view because i'll spend much more of that time like analyzing my own appearance versus like listening to what i'm being told and stuff anyway which is not healthy for anybody and so defeats the whole purpose of meeting and stuff right and there are other tricks that i picked up here and there before i keep going i'll let mikhail go ahead and chime in here there was a tweet or, like, a bunch of tweets of a similar nature, uh, like, periodically throughout the entirety of the pandemic, right? Which is sort of like, why is there no new Black Mirror? And then people, like, kindly respond, sort of like, because we're currently living in a Black Mirror episode. And the creator just as much said, sort of like, it's because reality is fundamentally broken and we are living in, in the digital dystopia that Black Mirror is trying to warn against. So here we are, and... Here's where I will go, right? Like, I am someone who is probably, like, 90% digital, even, like, before the pandemic, right? I spend a lot of time in discords and slacks communicating with people in that particular way. And the problem is, is that, like, that's only part of the equation. And, like, losing in-person interactions is a big blow to, like, any sanity meter, right? Because, like, you, you need that. And being forced to constantly stare at your own reflection or, like, just, like, see people through various filters is, of course, going to have, like, lost long-term lasting impacts. And I think we're going to constantly be feeling that. And I think this is just, like, one of first studies that's just going to be, like, out there just sort of, like, oh, it's going to be so much worse than we thought as opposed to, like, this is going to happen, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I would like to talk on, touch on here, isn't necessarily like the dysmorphia aspect that comes with it, which I definitely have fallen victim to, which is why I turn off the self-view when I can every now and then. But it's more so just like the mental health needs that have come in the pandemic and all that. Like, they've been obvious for a lot of reasons, like you were alluding to. Like, not interacting with people definitely does take a toll. And now that I've gone from living with two other people that, like, were doing the same things that I would always see, to having my own place, like, that's also been like a different factor and everything. Thankfully, I have a partner or have to spend a lot of time with and her roommate and stuff and like everything so that helps. But when it comes to the mental toll, this is definitely like an interesting hurdle to deal with. Like, so we're recording this in the first week of September and a lot of businesses and offices had the idea that they were going to have everyone come back to the office sometime like after Labor Day, which is this weekend actually. And then that plan got pushed back to a lot of people like October, like my own company that I work for. But one thing that I've noticed is that this past week, a lot of the Fang companies, so like my Fang, that's the acronym tech space for like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, and there's other variations of it. A lot of those companies have been saying, you know, we're going to go ahead and push our return to office date back to January 2022. And like what I've noticed in the past, if precedent is anything to go by, whenever that happens, usually like in the next like week to a month, that tends to become like the norm for most places, but at least in places that have been doing that. There are, of course, places in the country that have been acting like normal since it was like since this whole thing started, right? And my thing about that is, 
a lot of people are experiencing anxiety about that cost, that date being constantly pushed back because they don't know how they feel about going back to the office. Now, thankfully for a lot of us, the foreseeable future does include like a hybrid type model where it's like you have the option to come in or if you are going to come into the office when things are safe to do so, it will be some of the time, another percentage of the time, you'll be doing Zoom and everything. So my hope is that by then, things will be like okay and everything. But I totally understand where the dysmorphia and anxiety comes from because when we've a lot of us we've seen how we look on a regular basis like we go to the bathroom we look at mirrors we check ourselves out before we go on the day and some people like just bear they just like do a constant like check-in to make sure your appearance is what you expect it to be that's very different experience than like looking at yourself for like hours at a time on a regular basis and just like seeing what you look like when you talk right because for my job recently i've been doing more video content and being on screen and camera talking about different things in finance which is interesting because like i love the opportunity but like I don't like seeing myself on camera because I do this thing where I nitpick like how I talk, how my mouth moves, what my hands are doing, all this other kind of stuff. And I feel like Zoom dysmorphia is just that times 10 because it's on a constant basis. So I'm hoping that this is something that we can ultimately get over. But based on what I've seen in this article and my own experience, some aspects of it will likely be here to stay. But I do want to at least stay out there like this is a thing that we're all dealing with. So hopefully that means that we feel like we're doing this alone. To to the point about office spaces right now, because that, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently. Because a lot of tech companies have realized during the pandemic that like people can conceivably work from home without too much disruption, as you alluded to. And it was this interesting thing, because every once in a while I'll get approached by like a, a bounty hunter or headhunter. You, you know the one. And it'd be just sort of like, hey, apply to this. You can work remotely until we open up again. And just sort of like, but if I can start working remotely now, could I not continue to do that going forward? So there's a bunch of like accessibility questions about like trying to get everyone back to the office. There is the question of sort of like, is opening offices up a good idea? Is there's a question about sort of like how do hybrid models like work out for people if do we actually just want, like, people to make their own schedules? And, like, I'm fortunate enough that, like, my office building is back open. And I've been going back regularly. But I'm the only one in my entire, like, floor that's going back consistently. I think there's, like, two other people on, like, an entirely different section of the building. So, like, I'm the only one going back regularly. And that's because, like, I desperately want a, a separate space other than my house to do work. But I know lots of people who have been working very successfully from home and who would continue to do much better at home than like going back to the office space. So there's just a bunch of lingering questions that we will never get proper answers to because the capitalist framework continues to be terrible. Yeah, I mean, I have many, many thoughts on this. Like, I almost started going into another tangent, but I will save that for another episode when it comes to return office policies and how my feelings are on those. And instead, we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go our big ticket item for the day. And we're back. So if you didn't already know, we at Black Nerve Problems are pretty active on Twitch. Mikkel even streams every Saturday night for our game night. So we definitely had our eyes on the recent movement after many streamers decided to not appear on the service on September 1st to protest an increase in hate speech that's been targeted at them in recent weeks with the hashtag, a day off switch. 
Hate raids, for those who don't know, occur when Twitch users use bots or other methods to spam chats with hateful language in different varieties to target whoever's streaming on the service or maybe other users in the chat, right? Because streamers expect Twitch to do more to help prevent this from happening, whether it be for restricting the amount of accounts they can be given to a certain email account or just watch a certain language or things along those lines, many streamers chose not to stream at all at just at once to show how much of an impact they can have on the platform. So now, based on data gathered by GameSite, a game analytics company, Twitch did actually see a drop in viewership when this occurred on September 1st a few days ago. Just based on the raw data alone, Twitch saw 1 million fewer hours watched over and over 14,000 fewer live channels than just the week before on the previous Wednesday. Now, to get this perspective, instead of there being 4 million hours watched, that dropped down to about 3 million or so hours watched. Now, in the grand scheme of things, this didn't have much of an impact on Twitch's bottom line. They even made a statement themselves saying that a part of the dip possibly came from coincidences like streamers using other platforms like YouTube or viewers going back to school and not spending much time watching content. But the organizers of the movement ultimately feel good about their impact and what this happened and hope that they got the attention of the right people so that they can start remedying hate raids and other negative things that happened in this space. Mikkel, as a regular Twitch streamer, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, the internet is fundamentally terrible, except when it's not. <laughs> that is valid. So, so there's there's a lot to to unpack here, and mostly in the fact that like Twitch, much like Twitter, has the ability, at least hypothetically, to help preempt a lot of the issues that are happening right now. And as we've seen many times before, sometimes these companies just decide not to do anything when they could, in fact, do something. And in Twitter's case, it's sort of like, here, we have given and then taken away fleets instead of, you know, removing Nazis from our site. And then Twitch is sort of like in this, like, similar situation right now, which is sort of like, there are various things that hypothetically could be done. And like, I'm not a developer, so, like, I'm not going to say, like, how easy it is. But, like, conceptually, sort of like, you should have done something by now. Because, like, this started in, like, early August. This is not new. <laughs> This is, this is something that's been brewing for almost a month now, and the best that we have is sort of like, we'll, we'll figure it out. So it's like, but it's wild, because like, there are so many people whose like, depend, lives like, depend on Twitch, well like, Twitch is their job or a supplementary source of income that they rely on, and if they cannot feel safe doing their job because the random mobs of the internet are able to just bombard them with stuff. It's not just during their streams. There are times when these hate raids will happen off stream so that way they could ban the channel because they can report the stuff that they have put out there. And it's just this entirety of like a, of a messed up system that's being perpetuated right now. And then on top of that, sorry, Go I ahead. have so much to say about oh, this. Oh, please, take over. Uh, this this week also saw like two of the biggest Twitch streamers, uh, Doctor Lupo and Tim the Tatman, leave Twitch to go to YouTube gaming exclusively, and like that is its own separate thing. And like, sure, that might have been a thing that's happening, but this is also in context of sort of like, are any of the the Black, Indigenous, and POC Twitch streamers going to get similar offers from YouTube gaming? Or they're just going to be co-signed to, like, being on Twitch, a platform that does not seem to be caring about giving them protection? And then on top of that, you have, like, Streamlabs OBS being sort of like, hey, hey, we know that you want to stop giving your money to Amazon and Twitch, so what if you can give your money directly to the creators using our service? We can do that for you. 
And that, that, that came at just, like, the miraculous time as all of this stuff was falling down over at Twitch end. And, like, ultimately, I think Twitch is a platform that has done good and has brought people together in a way that has not been possible before. But at the same time, we need to strive to be better about basic shit, man. Basic, basic things. Yeah, thank you very much for saying all of that. I mean, I figured you would have a lot to say here, given that you do stream on a regular basis. And thankfully, like, at least as long as I've been on, like, we haven't dealt with too much of this on our own platform on Twitch for Black Nerd Problems. Also, plug, like, follow us on Twitch. We have content pretty much every day you can tune into and everything. But the thing, like, this just makes me think about how all the sci-fi movies that I see where, like, people who work in, like, certain fields... Or are very different people who don't. Like, and when I say that, it's a fundamental idea that if you can do something, you should, right? And that's the idea that, like, when we get this new technology, great. It can do all these amazing, wonderful things you think of, but you also need to have the guardrails in place when these negative things do occur. And like you said, I'm also not a developer. I would not say how easy or difficult it is to implement these changes and everything, but, like, something does need to get done. And the fact that all we got from Twitch, conceivably on the public um, level at least, is them saying we're working on it and then them trying to take away from the movement's impact on their own is kind of a disservice and a bit disappointing, right? Because it's kind of like when you have like that family reunion and you talk about like that one distant relative was problematic and then the family just kind of like waves it off like, oh, that's just them being them. It's okay. I'm like, no, like it's not. We need to have a conversation and do something proactive about this. We can't just let that be like the weird uncle who like is from like out of his time and doesn't know the world where it's like, no, he exists in the world that he currently is. We should like have conversations to try and like make all of ourselves better, right? But like ultimately, I'd like to hope that even though the impact wasn't like too huge, it was still noticeable enough for Twitch to be able to look at this and go like, all right, we need to like add some more urgency to this if they haven't already and try and make Twitch a better place for everybody to be in because it's not fun for anybody when hate raids happen, whether on stream or off stream because people are going to keep trying to find ways to make someone's day pretty horrible, right? But like, and while that's definitely something you have to anticipate, we can at least start by dealing with what's currently happening and then deal with that when it comes. We will see. Yes. I think it's always, always a gargantuan task to ask like any company to like do something in the interest of marginalized creators, but we can always hope, right? Yeah, we can always hope and then be pleasantly surprised when it actually happens. Perhaps one day. One day. Take us home, Keith. So with that... Let's go ahead and move on to our lightning round, which we'd like to end every show with so you all know what's going on out there in the nerd world because we can't give everything a full-on segment like we did today with Zoom, with Twitch, and Mad Libs. So to start us off, Jason Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Randy Couture, and Sylvester Stallone are all set to reprise their roles in the next film in the Expendables franchise. But also, 50 Cent, Megan Fox, and Tony Ja are also set to join the cast because they're always bringing in new people to keep it interesting. Next up, David Oyelowo will produce and potentially star in the film The Return of the Rocketeer, which will be on air on Disney+. And the film's going to focus on a retired Tuskegee Airman who takes up the mantle of the Rocketeer. That's got me very excited because the Rocketeer, I feel like, is definitely like a slept-on movie in like the pseudo-superhero genre that we had before superheroes really popped off or taken legitimately. So I'd love to see that getting more shine. And next up, we have early test screening reviews for The Batman Have Arrived, and apparently they're all positive, and they're saying the film is somewhat horror-related, which gives me mixed feelings, but also kind of excited because Batman is nothing yet more than, like, a horror psychological thriller film. 
Next up, Mike Richards, who was once in line to host Jeopardy, have also been removed from its role as executive producer after using pretty much every form of ism imaginable in the past, and that's not who we want to be hosting or in part of like a national pastime like Jeopardy. Lastly, Ted Lasso star Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent, hilariously responded with a video after a Reddit conspiracy theory went mainstream that suggested that Roy Kent is so perfect that he is not a real person, but indeed a CGI creation of Apple's billions of dollars. But it was wonderful. Check that out if you want to online and everything. Now, if you'd like to hear... A- no, we can't. We can't. We just have to We just have to let that sit for a little bit longer, Keith. <laughs> okay. Just- Yes, that Reddit was convinced that his like jawline and facial hair and everything about him was so perfect that he was indeed not a real person. And he decided to go on social media himself and use that like emoji hologram head thing to basically like say, hey, I'm a normal person. I do all the normal things that normal people do, like rendering and buffering on occasion. I'm fine. And he just leaned all the way into it. I love that. They live in a weird timeline, Keith. We do. Weird timeline. And go watch Ted Lasso if you haven't, people. It's a wonderful show that makes yes. you feel good about things. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Just had to had to had to make sure we we acknowledged how ridiculous that was. Um, that could have been a Mad Libs. <laughs> it, it really could have. Um, really could have. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in nerd news. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. Once again, I'm your host Keith Ree Cleveland, and I'm your host Michael Snyder. Have a good week, folks. <laughs>